Gail, I think maybe not everybody understands that when someone has a, a Bible in one hand and a microphone in the other, that having everything on one page is something to be thankful for. <clears throat> um, I appreciated the song, uh, Make Me a Blessing, this morning, because really I think that that's what my message is about this morning. We want to be a blessing in other people's lives, don't we? I'd certainly rather be a blessing in their lives than a curse in their lives. And so this morning, I I want to look at the importance of being nice to people, especially those we're trying to win for Jesus. And you might be thinking, being nice to people, we have to be told to be nice to people? Well, maybe we do. You ever been tempted not to be nice to somebody? Yeah. We live in a world that's not nice. In fact, um, there's generally a noticeable shortage of nice, it seems. So it behooves us for Jesus' sake to make sure that we are nice. Thus, the thrust of my message today is this. In order to win people for Jesus, you need to be nice to them. Okay, you can go home now. It's not really profound, I know, but it makes sense. And you'll see uh, on your outline that really this is going to be an acrostic today. I'm going to talk about how specifically we are nice to people. This is kind of, I know my, uh, I know my uh, scripture passage today is not from the book of James. But I've always seen the book of James as the rubber meets the road guy. You know, we get a lot of theology in some of the other New Testament books, but James says, here's how you live that out. Well, this is a, this is a, here's how you live that out sermon, all right? Now, we have a wonderful example in the, in the story that Gail read for us today of Jesus being nice to someone in this, in, in this story, in the scripture. And we're going to approach this I think we would say from the the uh, perspective of Zacchaeus, um, what he needed and what Jesus did for him that was nice. And and so the first the first uh, letter in the acrostic N means stands for notice me. Zacchaeus needed to be noticed. In verse 5 of the passage that Gail read today, it says, When Jesus reached the spot there by that tree that Zacchaeus was in, he looked up and said to him. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. In some versions of the Bible, they would call him a publican. And um, tax collectors weren't favorite people. They're still not, are they? Um. They were, they were hated and despised in their culture. They were usually a local citizen. They knew people and the goings-on in the cities where they served, so they couldn't be easily fooled. Um, they were disliked by their own people because they worked for the hated Roman government, and much of the tax they collected went to Rome. Add to that the practice of tax collectors. See, the Romans said, listen, we just want our tax amount. If you want to collect more than that, that's up to you. And so that tended to be the practice. I was reading in preparation for this this morning that was one town 
where they actually put up a statue of a tax collector because he was honest. And that was so unusual that they made a monument to this individual. Um, tax collectors were not known to be honest individuals. So they would collect more than the tax owed and, and um, they would keep that overage as profit. It went into their own pockets. And so you could see why they wouldn't be very popular with the local citizenry. Well, Zacchaeus was not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He was a boss over other tax collectors. You might say he had risen to the top of his profession and was rich. But at what price? See, he would have been regarded as ceremonially unclean on account of his continual contact with Gentiles. And because his job required that he would work on Sabbath at times. So you can imagine the treatment that Zacchaeus received as he tried to push through the crowd in an effort to see Jesus. Can you imagine? And because he wasn't able to work his way through that crowd and he was short in stature, he decided if he was going to see Jesus, he was going to have to climb a tree, and that's exactly what he did. And Jesus passes by. And he noticed Zacchaeus. Usually when someone noticed Zacchaeus, it wasn't a good thing. Um, I've already explained to you why, what he might have dealt with. But even if it was in a more positive light, they would have noticed Zacchaeus because he was rich and maybe he could help me out. Maybe you've got something I want. So, when Zacchaeus was noticed, it usually wasn't a positive experience. But this time, it was a good thing. You know, we live in an impersonal world. Um, And all this stuff that's supposed to make communication and stuff better has, I'm not sure, really done much to help us in that regard. We have computers and answering machines and ATMs and texting and Twitter and Snapchat and Facebook. And you can call, call a business and try to talk to a real person, you know what I'm saying? You know, you punch this number and then you go to the next number and the next number and the next number. And then maybe somebody at the end of all that might answer the phone. You just never know. People contact then is at a minimum. And sometimes when there are real people there, it's still hard to get noticed. Have you ever walked into a business and it just seemed like they didn't even notice you were there? Jesus noticed people. And we need to notice them too. In a world where many people have been put on ignore... We need to notice. We need to acknowledge people. We need to wave. We need to smile. We need to say hi. Noticing people is the first step toward sharing Jesus with them. 
you know, we live on the backside of the hospital, and I guess because of limited parking space at the hospital, people park uh, along the streets, and we're on a corner, so we get them on the side of our house and in the front of our house, and and um, because the 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 hospital campus is a non-smoking campus, uh, our neighbor just behind us has built benches behind the fence in his backyard where they can come and sit and smoke when they take a break because they have to leave the hospital grounds. And so we've made an effort, uh, and they're not always out there, but we go out the back gate and oftentimes we'll have the dog because she's kind of, you know, they may not like us, but they like the dog. (laughs) And um, we try to connect with these folks. We notice them. And I think it's important to do that. You know, we, we know the people that regularly park in front of our house. We don't know them well, but we acknowledge them when they, you know, when we see them come in the morning and get out, we wave and we say hi. And I think it's important that we do that. You've got people like that in your neighborhood. Maybe neighbors you don't know well, but you see them. Maybe people in the store that you frequent. Maybe the checkout person. Do you notice them? Jesus noticed people. We need to notice people too. And then the second thing that Jesus did, and that was important to Zacchaeus, and um, interest in me. Now, I would put the word show in front of that, but that would mess up the acrostic. (laughs) Show interest in me. Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Oh, look at the guy on the tree. And move on. No. One of the first things you learn about a person, or or you should learn about a person if if you've got any connection with them, is their name. And Jesus called Zacchaeus by his name. Now, um, I'm not sure anybody whispered to Jesus, that little guy in the tree, that's Zacchaeus. It really doesn't tell us how Jesus knew his name, but he called him by name. You know, I'm... I'm always impressed when someone who doesn't know me finds out my name and then uses it. You know, once in a while, and Bernice can testify to this, we'll have people come into the church office and they've got something that they want us to kind of buy into and, and I need to talk to the pastor and they'll learn my name and then they use it, you know. Sid, Sid, Sid. And some people in the business world, especially salespeople, know how important this is. And, you know, I'll get calls on the phone, and you may too, every once in a while, usually for for sales or someone wanting a donation, and they ask my name and then they use it as if they know me. And, and, and I know they don't know me, but somehow the use of my name... I think it kind of helps get your guard down a little bit. And they know that. They know that. And so that's, we need to learn people's names. We need to show interest in them, interest in enough to know what's your moniker? Who are you? What's your name? But we need to show interest for the right reason, don't we? You know, when people showed interest in Zacchaeus, it was usually with an ulterior motive. He was rich. 
They weren't interested in Zacchaeus as a person. They were interested in his money. Or disinterested because they, he took their money. So finding out and remembering and using a person's name says, I'm interested in you. I'm interested enough to know your name and remember your name and use your name. I want to share this um, illustration or story from Guideposts. And this was written a number of years ago. And this scenario took place in the Second World War. And the writer says, I stepped into battalion headquarters south of Rome and looked at the old Underwood. How many of us know what we're talking about now? <laughs> okay. That's not a keyboard, by the way. It's a typewriter. I looked at the old Underwood I would be using for the next six weeks. Someone had found out that I could type and taken me off the front lines for this temporary duty. Now, the lieutenant in charge was... Now, the lieutenant in charge was handing me a sheaf of papers. Your job, soldier, is to type requisitions. And he walked away. At first, I was grateful for a break from dust, mud, forced marches. But within a week, I began to hate the new assignment. In my unit on the front, I'd been a person at least. Here I was a cog with a name tag that the lieutenant never bothered to look at. I was just soldier this and soldier that. Then one day a colonel visited the office. I was typing requests for things like K-rations and powdered milk and the colonel must have caught me yawning. He glanced at my name tag. Not very, not very exciting, is it, Cheryl? He said. That's all. I kept typing. The job remained as routine as ever. But those few words lifted my spirits. Someone had looked at me as an individual, noted what I was doing, called me by name. Ever since then, I've gone out of my way to speak to people doing repetitive work, scanning barcodes at a checkout counter, collecting tolls on the highway, Pumping gas, of course you wouldn't know what that's like here in Colorado, but in Oregon they still do that for you because it's illegal to pump your own there. So I call those people by name if I can spot it. Otherwise I say something about the job itself. Do you like barcodes better than keying in? Do you ever find a rare coin here at the toll booth? Showing an interest in people. And then he ends with this little prayer. Father, you know us each by name. Let me never treat a child of yours as an automaton. So, Jesus calls him by name, Zacchaeus, and then says, come down immediately. See, Jesus wanted to be close to Zacchaeus. There'd be nothing personal about shouting up at him in this tree. So Jesus had him come down. He closed the gap. He got closer. Showing interest in someone means that you will get close to them. I mean, yelling across the street or the fence is fine if you just want to notice someone. But if you want to show interest, you make the effort to get close. Close enough 
to look them in the eye, to shake hands, to converse. Jesus showed an interest in Zacchaeus. We need to show an interest in people. And then the next thing, connect with me. Again, Jesus speaking, saying to Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. What? Now, steps one and two are fairly easy. Step three requires a little more. Now we must begin to invest time and energy and resources to connect with people. You know, Jesus was headed back to Jerusalem at this point. Did you know that? Uh, He had a mission to fulfill. But it's interesting that he had time for Zacchaeus, isn't it? Remember we talked last week about the importance of one, just one. Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus, I want to get into your home to spend time with you on your turf. I want to sit down and share a meal. I want to learn what you do. Find out what interests you. I want to meet your family. Connecting means taking an interest in what interests them. It might also mean taking an interest in what troubles them or is a need in their lives. But it's at this point that you have invaded their world now. Um, I don't know how many of you are familiar with the name of Dr. Joe Aldrich. Uh, He was the president of Multnomah School of the Bible in Portland, Oregon for a number of years. And he wrote a book entitled Gentle Persuasion. Um, And Gentle Persuasion is about... It's about connecting with people. It's about what we would call friendship evangelism. And he gives three pieces of advice when, when talking about showing an interest in people. He says this, first of all, take an interest in their interests. If antlers hang in their den from floor to ceiling, talk about deer or hunting or firearms and everything in between. You may be on to something. If you're an expert hunter, don't top their tails. If you don't know much about hunting, take an interest in it. Ask questions. You won't have any problem making conversation. Don't we all appreciate folks who take an interest in us and our world? And then something that I, I tagged on to here. If, if, you're in, if their interest is your interest, join them in it if possible. This tends to be especially effective for men appealing to men. Men tend to be open to each other, shoulder to shoulder, side by side. Uh, Women tend to be more open to each other face to face. And if you were here for the um, love and respect thing we did uh, a little over a year ago, uh, uh, Emerson Egerich talked about that. You know, uh, he, he contrasts the women around the, the table in the restaurant and they're all facing each other and they're engaging in conversation. Um, men really connect with each other when they're shoulder to shoulder doing something together. That's, that tends to be their method of, of connection. So, 
So when men are shoulder to shoulder in an activity in the woods or streamside or on the golf course or in, in the wood or, or, or mechanic shop, you might be surprised what you'll learn in conversation that ensues. But if you know they have an interest, try to get engaged in that interest with them, whatever it may be. Capitalize on the little things. If he's washing a car, wander across the street and chat for a bit. You could even help out. If she's out on the porch potting plants, walk over and visit. Bring a pot of coffee. Expect to have literally dozens of such encounters. After all, that's what friends do, right? Right? That's what friends do. The cumulative weight of these encounters builds momentum toward the foot of the cross. I like that statement. The cumulative weight of these encounters when you're genuinely showing interest in someone builds momentum toward the foot of the cross. This assumes, of course, that those are positive experiences. And then share the gift of your need. In other words, you need to open up a little with them too. The relationship must be reciprocal if it's going to be genuine. Significant relationships involve a free flow of resources back and forth between you. You may benefit from their counsel. Perhaps you need someone to help you lift some beams in a, the, the, the garage you're building or cut down a tree. Maybe you need to borrow a ladder or a pick or a shovel, but be careful you return it in the shape that you got it in. Perhaps you have a need for forgiveness. You've been unchristian in your attitude toward them. Seek forgiveness. Maybe you're going through a time of personal pain. Let them be a source of comfort and help to you. Connect with them. And then, ennoble mean. It's not enable. The word is ennoble. Okay? Ennoble me. It means to make noble, to elevate, to place value in, to, to dignify. Everything Jesus did for Zacchaeus ennobled him. But we, we see the culmination of that, probably the most important thing to Zacchaeus in verse 9, where Jesus said, this man too is a son of Abraham. See, he was rejected by the Jewish people. He wasn't one of us. Jesus, say, Jesus is saying, oh, yes, he is. He was, he was restored as a member of his own people. No matter what anyone else thought. He'd been accepted by the Master. So we need to ennoble people. We need to show them respect. We need to make them feel important and and it takes me back as, as, as I think about this to um, our district assembly a couple of years ago. And was it J.K. Warwick, I think, that said, you know, we have a tendency sometimes to be mad at the harvest. We look at 
the people in the world who aren't serving Jesus and and we're so upset with the way they live, the things they do, and their, and their view of the world, and the things that they say are okay, that we're angry with them. And, and we don't feel like ennobling them. Well, there are, there are a lot of reasons for people to be angry with Zacchaeus. He was basically seen as a traitor to his own people. And yet when Jesus comes along... He showed him respect and dignity that he probably had not experienced in years or, or ever. See, the people that Jesus has called us to go to and reach out to, they need to know that we're not too good for them and they're not too bad for us. But rather... That to associate them is actually in an enjoyable experience and a privilege for us. Would they know that? They need to know that they don't have to be all cleaned up to be your friend. That you accept them just as they are. Now we know we don't want to leave them there. But folks, we have to accept them where they are. I had a neighbor that that was his his big excuse. We had we connected with this guy, but you know, he he bought into the lie that not for us so much, but to come to church he had to be all cleaned up first. You know, Satan's perpetrated that lie with a lot of people out there. You've heard the thing. Well, if I ever came into church, the ceiling would fall in. You've heard that. <clears throat> But we need to ennoble, ennoble people. We need to connect them at a deep enough level that, that we can show them respect. We can make them feel important. Because that's what Jesus did with Zacchaeus. And you know what? The scripture tells us that he was a changed man because of that. You know, I have no idea. I, I'm thinking about the challenge that, that faced Zacchaeus and and repaying those that he'd ripped off. Think about that. And yet that's what he told Jesus he would do. He, because of, of what Jesus did for him in those moments that day, and it changed Zacchaeus' life. And we have the opportunity, folks, like we talked about last week, to be in the process to at least have a part in changing someone's life. Saving lives because we're nice, because we show interest in them. Amen? Because we connect with them, because we ennoble them. So I have a couple of questions for you to consider this morning as, as we close. First of all, who have you been nice to lately? The second one is, who do you need to be nice to? See, being nice is being like Jesus. And it provides us, in time, in time, the opportunity to share Him with those we are nice to. In time. I think sometimes we get impatient in the process.
Because we talked about, you know, if God has called you to go to someone and, and get involved in their lives and show them interest and do all the things that we need to do to be nice to them, if God has called us to do that, we know He's already at work there. And so we just need to trust His timing. We don't quit being nice because they don't respond immediately. Right? Right? <laughs> Can we, just, we need to stay with it, don't we? We have to have some perseverance. Maybe it's not easy to be nice for a long time. I don't know. But with God's help, we can be, can't we? Because what it's, what's at stake is too important not to be nice. Remember that song we used to sing? Lord, lay some soul upon my heart and love that soul through me. Make me a blessing in their lives. And may I ever do my part by being nice to win that soul for thee. Are you challenged? I hope so. Let's pray. Father, I know it sounds pretty simple and we probably assume, well, yes, we need to be nice to people, but really understanding what it means to do that and then being able to do it consistently. It's a challenge. I think sometimes it is way too easy to be angry and frustrated and upset and critical of those you've called us to engage with, to connect with, to notice, to show... It's too easy to be angry at the harvest when instead you've called us to be nice to them. And that harvest is all around us. It's next door. It's where we work. It's where we shop. It's where we work out where we hike. It's where we go to the doctor. They're everywhere. And I know, Father, it's not always easy to be nice. I know some personalities and some attitudes are more difficult than others. I'm sure Zacchaeus wasn't an easy person. And yet, Jesus, we see what happened as a result of your interaction with him. You did not come to condemn him. You came to save him. His life was changed. Because you noticed him. You took an interest in him. You connected with him. And you ennobled him. And so, Lord Jesus, give us the strength, the boldness, the courage, and the determination to follow your example in our interactions with people you've called us to go and share the good news of the gospel with. And in those moments, may we always be obedient.
And in eternity in the big picture, may we be able to look back and know that whether we planted seed or watered seed, or whether we've been there for the harvest, we've had a part in saving lives. Challenge to us to that continually, I ask. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Been good being together with you today. Grace and peace as you go this morning. God bless you.